the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. And as we were off yesterday, it is a delight to bring today Brandon J. Weikert. Brandon Weikert is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. You can order it now online at Amazon or any of your online favorite booksellers. And his next book, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Every major issue before us, Brandon Weikert has either written a book on or has a book in the works. Brandon, how are you, sir? I'm okay. How are you? Good. I should mention you're also a columnist for all the important publications, Asia Times, American Greatness, Washington Times. I want to do foreign policy with you, but I'd like, you you know, we always do foreign policy, and and I I sometimes forget what uh, what a great mind you are on the domestic scene. I'd like to... um, Start there, if that's okay with you. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, something you wrote in a tweet I want to get to, but uh, your take on Joe Biden's uh, speech in uh, Philadelphia last week, did he defied the nation further, or was the healer-in-chief uh, giving us a little Clinton at Oklahoma, reuniting the country? <laughs> uh, I know, it's a loaded was, question, but I'd love to hear one, your take on it. This was the, the most divisive speech I have heard any president give in my lifetime. Um, I think that there are some real um, ethical questions in, in, the, in the sense that we had two uniformed Marines standing within eyesight of the cameras just off, you know, just behind the president uh, as he was making what was clearly intended to be a campaign speech. Um, he was, you know, that may even be a violation of the law. I Act. mean, he announced no um, new policy. He did not discuss any kind of national crisis unless the right. national crisis is the Republican well, Party's existence, right? That's exactly right. And, and let's face it, this was also in the run-up to Donald Trump's big speech in, Phil- in Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, I think he preceded it by a few days. Yep. And so th- these are connected. Uh, this was not a presidential address. This was a partisan hack address. Um, and actually, what he was doing, whether intentional or not, and I think at least for his his minders, I think it was intentional. This was trying, I think, to trigger the you know elements of the extreme right and left into initiating some type of political conflict yeah. with each other. I think that that's what that was about. No, I do was, too. I think they yeah. keep wanting to uh, to have Americans touch rails war. that we aren't even the third rail, the the fourth, fifth, or sixth rail. That's right. And that it's, you know, it's it's almost almost pushing us to a Reichstag moment. I know we often talk that's about right. Munich. We should talk about Reichstag for a moment. But right. that's what it seems to be he's pushing. I mean, our stressors right. are frayed, and, 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 and he's blowing fire on them. And if you look at what, you know, every time he does this, every time the Democrats do this, um, suddenly they're, 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 at least in the press, their poll numbers start to go up a little bit. Uh, their approval rating starts to go up a little bit because they get people believing this lie that the Republicans are this insurrectionist party, and then they are able with their mass media 
to basically drive that message home, and they're hoping and waiting for that lone gunman incident or right. that you know that 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 out that 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 lashing out right. by a handful of extreme people. Um, and then the, the far left is waiting also to antagonize the far right. And the, the, basically the entire left, whether it's the, the radical Antifa or even the, now the president, clearly, uh, that whole cadre of people really believe the best path they have, the only path they have for maintaining political power, is to basically gin up a civil war. Yeah. This speech was unprecedented. I have never seen a speech, a presidential address from either party that was so carefully calibrated yeah. for, for doing exactly that which every president used to try to avoid, which is to basically exacerbate our divide to the point that there could be triggering of radical elements into taking violent action over the rhetoric of the president. That has never happened, really. Um, the left says that Trump did it on January 6th, but it's a bit murkier than that. Um, you know, it wasn't a direct line. Trump didn't say go to the Capitol and attack. What Trump was doing is he was upset about the election and he was uh, he was complaining in public. Um, but that's different, in my opinion, from what Biden did. Biden had a red backdrop. He had the military. He had the fully he had in their dress uniform, two Marines standing there looking ominously toward the camera as Trump, as, as, as Biden is basically calling anybody who voted 76 million Americans. U- using a national monument, Trump. by the way, by the way, using. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Using that. And, and that was meant to intimidate. That was an intent was subliminal intimidation that was meant to go to fear. You know, the, it, I mean, there's whole psychological studies about what the color red does to yep. mass yep. audiences. Yep. Um, so that this is very. I mean, this was creepy, and this was the most divisive speech I've ever seen a sitting American president give, and furthermore, it was intended to be that way. Yep. It was intended. Yep. That is the key difference here, yep. is there was intent, and that's the scary part. Yeah, that's a really good point. Not only was it intended, I mean, if you read the speech, I mean, you've, you've, you've written speeches for folks uh, like yeah. I have. Um, you know how speech writing works at a place like that. Um, everything is very carefully edited. It's seen by God knows how many eyeballs and how many drafts go back and forth. But they were very careful. They were exquisite in their ability to give him wiggle room to say later, well, I didn't say that. I didn't say this. And he's already starting to do that. He's He's already already starting to to do that. No, I don't mean Donald Trump's voters. That's, of course, what he meant. That's, of course, what he meant. And yeah. and you wonder you wonder you just wonder how much of that Joe Biden was in that speech and how much of the other of the other advisors was in that speech. A lot of people yeah. said this was a Susan Rice production. Is that your it's, sense? Yeah. Well, Susan Rice is the Chicago president. Um, you know. Yes. Yeah, so this is this has got John Kerry, Susan Rice. This has got uh, you know you, you name a former Obama official. I wouldn't be surprised if Obama himself had a hand in, in giving inputs on the creation of this speech. This speech was unlike anything I've ever seen Biden give. This speech was completely out of character for him. Uh, you have to understand, I remember I worked in government when Biden was vice president. Uh-huh. I worked for people. I worked for people in government who worked with him when he was a senator. Um, he was always a lefty. He was always kind of kooky. But this kind of extreme, divisive, almost 
or like rhetoric is not normal for him. I mean, occasionally he would, you know, they're going to keep you all in chains and stuff like that. In but, a campaign, I've seen him this way. I have not seen him not in was, a campaign. This right. was extreme right. for right. him. And, and right. to me, this wasn't really Joe. This was the person who serves or the people who serve as Joe's brain kind of, you know, putting these really radical things there. And look, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. This is his only play. It, this and, you know, make, besmirching 76 million Americans who voted against him and then also now trying to cut a deal with Iran in order to get them to dump 93 million barrels of oil on the market as soon as possible. That way it drives down uh, the cost of oil on Americans so that Americans will say, hey, Biden, Biden's doing good. He's bringing the cost of oil down. This is what they're trying to do right now. And so Biden is, you know, he's attacking Americans as he's trying to do business with our most, you know, horrible enemies. And and that is scary, too, by the way. You know, I want to talk to you about Iran. I wanted to do one more domestic thing with you. Yes. So let me do this. Let me give you the headline that I wanted to talk to you about. Yes. As we're preparing to unleash um, at least $100 billion onto the Iranian regime to give them, uh, to release $100 billion bucks to them, uh, this administration, which is supposed to be so very woke and so down with the most uh, currents of human rights, I get this headline, Iran sentences two women to death over LGBTQ activism. You know, if he wanted to give a speech about fascism, if he wanted to give a speech about intolerance, uh, you know, instead of talking about we Republicans who actually under Donald Trump had the first uh, gay, openly gay man sitting on a cabinet. It wasn't Pete Buttigieg. It was uh, Rick Grinnell under Trump. You know, he might have given this speech about Iran, not Republicans. Um, Let me take a quick commercial break. I want to do a little more domestic politics with you, and then we'll head over to Iran. As I go to the break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at YReFi. If you're looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity, check out YReFi. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors in a collateralized and secure portfolio. A due diligence approved firm, YReFi is made up of investors who are doing well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. It's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com. Or give them a call at 855 316 3087. 855 316 3087. Local company. You could visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what they do, tell you about what they do, and let it speak for itself. Brandon and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth. Brandon Weikert is our guest, author, columnist, also publisher of the Weikert Report. You can follow him online either at Twitter at we the Brandon, we the Brandon, or uh, theweikertreport.com, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. Brandon, um, this is something that uh, you tweeted, and I wanted to get your further thoughts on it. Um, it's It's just so true, and it helps perhaps calm people a little bit, even though it's an unfairness we live with. It helps people understand the world a little bit. Let me quote you on Twitter. They hated Nixon for being corrupt. 
When Biden enriches himself, they say nothing. They hated Reagan and claimed he was senile. Biden is clearly senile, and it's a stutter. They hated George W. Bush because he spoke poorly. They now praise Biden's speech. Trump was divisive. Biden isn't. Um, People need to understand the world we live in, and it becomes a lot easier to accept once you get the rules of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious to me because when you look at how Republicans, particularly in the post-war era, have been treated by the quote-unquote mainstream media, by the Democratic Party, Republicans are usually somewhat civil toward their Democrat rivals. Even Nixon refused to attack the patriotism of his political rivals even while they were besmirching him. Uh, but yet the Democrats, it's, it's total war. It's, they go, they go for the jugular first. Uh, the, the media piles on. They, they try to get you to bleed. They, they treat every Republican like they are not just, uh, someone that they disagree with or even dislike, but somebody who must be destroyed. We saw this with Clarence Thomas. We saw this with Robert Bork. We've seen it with every president. Kavanaugh, Coney. It isn't just Trump. It isn't just Trump. They did it to Mitt Romney. Yeah. They did it to right. John McCain. Right. I distinctly remember working in the 08 campaign, and I distinctly remember, and I was never really a John McCain guy, but I was supporting the party. I remember, though, McCain being all of Twitter because Rachel Maddow didn't like him anymore. Right. And, you know, somebody needed to sit him down and be like, Senator McCain, they like you before you run right. as a president. Right. They'll like you when you lose. Right. They're not going to like you when you're a threat right. to their hold on power. Right. Because for these people, the Democrats, it's it's a religion. They have to hold power. Their progressivism, so-called, is their religion, and they will fight a holy war to do it. And now they've now gone so far, and we were just talking about before the break, where now you have the sitting president. The leader of the Democratic Party, supposedly, going before the American people and saying not just the Republicans are disagreeable, but that the Republicans are enemies of the state. And not just not just Donald Trump and some of his advisors may have been involved in bad things or whatever. He's saying everybody who supported MAGA. Well, guess what? Seventy six million Americans voted for MAGA. So that means this guy, the Democrats have now progressed to saying we are all non-entities, we are non-human, we are enemies of the state, and if you look at how they're treating January 6th protesters who are in jail, it's not hard to see what they're going to do to any Republican they deem to be an enemy of the state if they can take some kind of legal action against them. It's not pretty, and it's very scary, and it all starts with this grotesque double standard that has been allowed to go on since at least Nixon. Since at least Nixon. That's right. This MAGA thing is weird, too, I have to say. I can't really quite put my hands around it. Maybe you can help me um, because you and I have been in and on the periphery of various of Donald Trump's uh, campaigns in 16 and this uh, and in 20. Um, It's not a word that his supporters use. Yes, the theme was make America great again. But I don't remember hearing people say MAGA or MAGA. Um, it wasn't a phrase or a contraction uh, that any of us really, or acronym, any of us, including Donald Trump, used. Far more used was the phrase America first. Yeah. 
And yeah. they say, are you an American first Republican or an America first Republican? Yeah. Make America Great was a theme. They've almost created something that, yeah, it's there, sort of, right. but not really anything. It's no. They've created a monster or seemingly some kind of chimera out of a campaign slogan that has yeah, been traditionally used by a lot of people. Yeah, so MAGA, you know, Trump in 2016 tweeted that a few times. Uh, some of our friends on the, the right-wing kind of punditry had used it. Really, that was more 2016. Yeah. I, that kind of fell out by yeah. 2018 yeah. as he was transitioning to keep America great yeah. or as he was transitioning, as he was focusing a lot on America first. Of course, they can't use America first. Uh, the Democrats, because that actually sounds reputable. Yeah, so it has the word America it, in it as right, opposed to in a contraction. Right. Yeah, Right. When you say MAGA, it sounds weird and kind of they can kind of make it sound creepy. Creepy. And in fact, with a lot of commenters, you know, people who write to me who are people who don't like me, they'll, they'll send me hate mails. A lot of times they'll say that I'm a maggot. M-A-G-A-T. Oh. So now that's sort of how the internet, uh-huh. the left-wing internet's running. They're saying we're maggots. It's just a further dehumanization, you know, yeah. of of the of the, the, the Trump voter. Um, you know, but they've been dehumanizing us since the beginning. I mean, as a group, deplorables, uh, dregs, uh, you know, now we're enemies of the state. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's pretty crazy because, you know, I like Trump a lot, but I'm, as you know, I'm a DeSantis guy. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting to see when DeSantis is the nominee. They're not going to be able to pull this stuff because DeSantis is, he doesn't have the kind of, you know, baggage that they're saying Trump has. He, he, I don't know how they're going to try to do it. They're going to try to do something to him, obviously, but it's going to be a lot harder because they're not going to be able to, to hang a lot of the stuff that they've been able to hang around Trump. Not all of it's fair, by the way, um, but the, the bottom line is the dehumanization of the right is going on. This is not just me crying with them. This is a real thing. I pointed out, Julie Kelly has been writing about this for over a year at American Greatness, pointing out about the January 6th protesters being treated like they're Al-Qaeda right. uh, suspects. Uh, look at the dehumanization and just the rhetoric toward anybody who happened to vote Republican in 2016 or 2020. And then you look at my tweet when I was talking about, you look at how they treated past Republican presidents. I mean, they were enemies to be destroyed and torn apart. That's it. They were not presidents. They were not human beings. They were not Americans that the Democrats just happened to disagree with. They were enemies. Yep. And, it, you know, when Reagan may have had some, you know, issues going on because of his old age, uh, toward the end of his presidency, that was extrapolated and turned into this thing that was untrue about how he was this Alzheimer's patient and he was out there with his finger on the button and he didn't know who he was or where he was. Whereas we have a real president now who actually doesn't know what's going on. He's shaking and hands with people that don't with exist. Right yeah. And yet we're yeah. told that this is how, this is normal. It's just a stutter. Right. You're so mean for making fun of him. He had a stutter since birth. A stutter... I had never noticed, ever. Called uh, aphasia. Ever. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly what it's called. A quick break, Brandon. We'll come back on Iran, Central South America, and the rest of the world. Don't go away.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is where you can go to get their fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. They're responsible for my boosted immunity, my boosted energy, my boosted health. Pure, potent plant power. One daily dose gives you a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. There's no product on the market like it, and I've never taken anything better. Wouldn't miss it for a day. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Brandon Weikert is our guest. Brandon, I want to do some Middle East. I want to do some Central South America. But I just saw you tweet this out, National Defense (laughs) Education and Military Training in China, you know, we're used to seeing these videos of young young children um, in uh, the West Bank and Gaza being trained with fake yep. suicide packs and dynamite to kill, kill, kill Jews. Um, yep. We are now seeing this coming out of videos at Chinese schools. Odd with yep. these women with these machine guns. My gosh, what's going on over there, buddy? They're preparing for war, and we're preparing for that's right sex change surgery that's or something. Right. That's right. Um, that's right. So basically, in May of 2019, um, Xi Jinping appeared wearing uh, Chinese camouflage military fatigues, and he declared a, quote, people's war against the United States. People's war is a very important term. That goes back to Mao. That was the way Mao fought the Chinese Civil War, using people power, because obviously back then, China, the, the communist Chinese didn't have the kind of military technology to fight any other way. So they did guerrilla tactics and they fought in and amongst the population and they weaponized the population against the nationalists and then, you know, against any other enemy. Uh, and so the same rhetoric has now been employed by G since 2019. Incidentally, you know, not long after that speech in 2019, the, uh, the, the coronavirus uh, leaked from Wuhan uh, in you know late December 2019, early January 2020, uh, and that was likely, in my opinion, as you know, I think it definitely came from a, a bioweapons yep. uh, lab. And uh, what was going on at that time? Well, Donald Trump was leading the United States in, the, in a trade war uh, against um, the, the Chinese, and Xi Jinping was actually starting to lose a little bit. It was a specific trade war. It was aimed at agricultural goods. And in China, they have a history of food insecurity. Regimes collapse throughout Chinese history because they're insecure food. And so when Trump was trying to get a better deal by targeting agricultural products coming from the U.S. going to China, like soybeans, um, I think that the, the Chinese Communist Party Politburo took that as a, 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 a declaration of war. That that was not just a trade deal, because remember, since the 1970s, the Chinese government has used trade, as our friend Peter Navarro has articulated for years, has used trade uh, as a weapon, as a weapon against uh, the United States and the West to sort of, um, uh, you know, basically steal away our jobs and, and capabilities over to China so that China could become an economic dynamo, and they have. Uh, and so they didn't look at what Trump did as just a a renegotiation, which is what Trump was doing, they looked at it as war through other means, uh, all measures short of war. And so in my opinion, the People's War Declaration was going on, that was made in the context of the trade war. Uh, December, they signed the trade new trade deal uh, with Trump administration, and that's when 
the, the coronavirus leaks out, which did more harm to the global economy than it ever did to people. I mean, it did kill a lot of people. I know some people who were killed by the disease. But ultimately, its real destructive effect was on the global economy, specifically the United States economy, during a very contentious presidential election. And that led, on some level, to Donald Trump not being reelected, which, of course, benefited China because now they have Beijing Joe. They have Beijing Biden in charge. So my, my, my theory on this is now to see the next phase, which is now we see these pictures and these horrible videos of the Chinese children in their, uh, you know, chanting death to America phase, basically, because in my opinion, China and Russia and Iran are closely aligning and preparing for the big one. They're getting ready to initiate World War III as we're doing sex education or, or, or gender changes. Yep, exactly yeah. right. Exactly. No, exactly right. I mean, it's a serious country versus a not serious country. That's right. A, a, a serious country that has no self-doubt uh, versus a country that uh, has no self-respect. Uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's exactly where we're at. All right, let's do uh, some really concerning stuff out of Central and South America, Brandon. Uh, can I do that okay. with you on the other side of this yeah. break? Yeah. I am Seth Leibson. He is Brandon Weikert. He is uh, the author of several books, uh, including Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, and The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show. Brandon Weikert is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at WeTheBrandon. His books, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and uh, he's working on Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Brandon, uh, let's talk about uh, Central and South America. Uh, you put out a tweet rather disturbing we're now seeing cubans cuban troops not just cubans cuban military in colombia colombia cartagena mm -hmm. colombia which yep. as you write was um perhaps our best ally not just in latin america but one of our best allies in the yeah. world for decades yeah. until a couple months ago yeah 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 so basically we've we've been losing since biden took over it's gone into hyperdrive, but we were losing Latin America for a while, the last 15 years. Uh, but, but when Biden took over, it, it really got, it got bad. Um, Colombia is now, it went from being basically the Israel of South America, uh, to now it is becoming yet again a haven for left-wing Marxist ideology. Uh, and that is really taking over the country, uh, at a time uh, when Venezuela is imploding, and that arc of instability is leaching into South America from Cuba, which, of course, Cuba, since the 60s and 50s, has been a conduit for radical, anti-American, generally left-wing, revolutionary ideology. Uh, and now we see Cuban troops in the streets of Cartagena. We now see them, uh, you know, moving about the place as if Colombia were a part of Cuba, uh, and this is all part of a larger destabilization that is underway. There's also right now a big fight um, because uh, Argentina has been for 40 years trying to upgrade their air force. Uh, they've been trying to buy a, a block of uh, American 
F-15s, F-16s, um, but we, we won't sell to them because the British have put sanctions on those uh, that equipment uh, because of the whole Falkland Island crisis in the 80s. The problem is, is that now Russia and China are moving in to sell uh, Argentina the equivalent, basically, of our F-16s and F-16s. They're moving in to sell, particularly the Chinese are competing to sell uh, to them. Meanwhile, China is very enmeshed with Nicaragua. China is all over South America. Russia militarily is all over, particularly with their private military group, the Wagner Group, all over uh, Latin America. All of these elements are working in tandem, along with Iran, uh, who is moving heavily into South America via Venezuela. All of these elements are moving quickly to basically co-opt as much of Latin America as possible because, as the the former head of U.S. Southcom said in 2017, Latin America is the only part of the world with direct land routes into the continental United States. And so while I doubt that these countries are planning an invasion of us, the idea that they could cleave away our backyard and put it under their nominal control is a very lucrative and attractive prospect to them. And you're seeing it happen now because of the rise, the return, really, of these left-wing Marxist ideologies that are taking hold yet again throughout the region. And we are doing nothing about it. In fact, we're encouraging it, thanks to the Biden administration's Latin America policy. Yeah, I remember the Carries of the world, the John Carries of the world, turned a blind eye and a deaf ear to the Cubans in Nicaragua, the Cuban yep. forces in the in Nicaragua in the 1980s and in El Salvador. You know, yep. I'm just sitting here remembering, you know, I guess we didn't learn the lesson that just giving money to a communist dictatorship, I guess we didn't learn the lesson with China, just giving money to a communist dictatorship is not going to create more political freedom. And yet the Obama administration, with the help of Jeff Flake, the only Republican in the Senate who supported this in the opening of financial agreements with Cuba and the ending of certain embargoes, travel and economic and otherwise, the idea that what we did with China would work just as well in Cuba. um, Well, it didn't work in China and it's failing in Cuba. It seems to me, if anything, since that time, Cuba has become more imperialist, more expansionist, yes. and tougher on its domestic crackdowns. Am I missing yes. something here? No, and in fact, um, because we this opening of do... Cuba business did not work out well for anyone but well, the Cuban no, dictatorship. No, that's, that's the thing. Is so you're talking about the neoliberals, basically. Both parties, the globalists, really believe that China was mostly a success story. Right. And so they have no problem replicating that with these other countries, whether it be Iran or whether it be now Cuba or Colombia or, or Venezuela, rather. Uh, they don't mind that because for them, that was a win. We, we, they made all those people made money and they were empowering fellow ideological travelers. So it's the same thing again. So they don't view that as this is the problem is our elite in this country are living in an alternate universe. Uh, they don't view what is clearly a failure, like China's engagement, engagement with China. They think that's a success right. on, on that. And so then you have also the issue of, uh, you know, Cuba last year, if you remember last summer, looked like the regime there was going to get taken down. Yep. But then suddenly all of the people who could possibly lead uh, uh, overthrow of the government, a handful of ex-Castro military officials who were retired, 
they were all killed supposedly by COVID at the same time. Yeah, right. Well, we did not do anything as a government to try to support any kind of counter movement within Cuba. I was trying to get an article published. Nobody would publish it. I was trying to get an article published arguing that we should be running guns to Cuba. Um, you know, that, that, that we, we as a government just have completely abandoned the region to not only the leftists, but we've abandoned it to our enemies because Cuba is a proxy for China and Russia and Iran. It was through Cuba that Iran initially made an alliance with Venezuela That's right. That's right. in 2002. That's so right. So this, this whole thing is insane. Did and you I'm write a column what, arguing for the arming of civilians in Cuban? In Cuba, I did, but I, I want to see. It. I, 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 I didn't. Oh, God bless you, Brandon. I, yeah. I guess I wouldn't have thought of that, but I, I would expect nothing less from you. God, love, I'd love yeah. to see that article. I couldn't get it published anywhere, so I put it on my website last year. <laughs> but you know, the, the the issue is, is that nobody wants to talk about. You know, the problem also is, and I, I don't mean to always do this, but our side also has a problem, the yeah. Republican side, because there is a group, mostly paleoconservatives, who associate any kind of foreign policy engagement on our side as being tantamount to Iraq. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. And it's insane. It's so childish to say that, well, we can't, we can't help the Cubans who are protesting because, well, that could end up like Iraq. We can't help the Ukrainians, well, because it could end up like Iraq. No, Iraq happened for a very specific reason, because of 9-11. Yep. Okay, had 9-11 never happened, we would have never invaded. That's right. And then once Iraq happened, we chose very stupidly to disband the Iraqi army and then to debathify, which I think if any other Republican other than George W. Bush were in charge, that would not have happened. That's probably right. I think right. if John McCain was yep. in power, it wouldn't have happened. That's probably right. That's just my personal Yeah, opinion. no, I think you're right about that. There, there became this new fascination that um, not most, everything is your wrong. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. This Pan Americanism uh, disease uh, to to infection. You want to do a quick uh, hit on Iran Probably. when we come right back? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm Seth Leibson. He's Brandon Weikert. We'll update you on the Iran negotiations when we come right back. Brandon Weikert has been our guest this hour. Very generous with his brain and with his time. Brandon, I don't know what to make of the ongoing negotiations with Iran. Uh, depending on the news source you read, Iranians say they're ready to return to the nuclear deal. If America's ready, uh, America is saying the same thing about Iran. It seems uh, that all of this is going on while the human rights abuses continue apace. I mentioned earlier the headline, Iran sentences two women to death over LGBTQ activism. Why do we continue to play this footsie? Because ultimately, the, the president wants a deal. I told you earlier in the show, Iran's government has already hinted that they're willing to dump 92 million barrels of oil onto the market within a, a day of signing any new deal with the Biden administration, which will, of course, uh, collapse the price of oil globally. And, and, and the belief is that Biden can then claim that I caused America to have the nice, uh, you know, less oil prices that they're having to pay at the pump, and that'll then reward uh, the Democrats with a victory in 2022. And Biden, of course, wants to do it. So the, the, the Iranians are pushing ahead. They need this deal. They want the normalization. They want to be treated like China was when we opened up to China. They want that deal. 
Uh, you already see how Israel is trying everything in its power to stop the deal from going forward. And the Biden administration, of course, hates Israel, and they can't stand the Sunni Arab states. So they're happy to let Iran get that nuclear deal. Uh, it's just a question of timing. It's going to happen. And let me tell you something, Seth. Once it happens, there is a direct line from that to another regional war that could precipitate a world war because it, there is no way the Sunnis and the Israelis are going to stand by, or even the Turks, by the way, are going to stand by and let Iran become a nuclear powerhouse in that region. It is not going to happen without a major fight. And Biden is stupid enough to, to, to open up this can of worms and set this scenario up to happen. And we're all going to pay for it. Uh, Brandon, um, you know, it, one just has to wonder why you can't leave well enough alone at times. I mean, the president doesn't have to stir every pot. Things were going pretty well in the Middle East. They were yeah. the most pacific four years I recall in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, the the idea that this pot needed stirring, it's a bad idea. I don't know what well, more to say. It's just it's because orange man bad. Yeah. Anything Trump did, Biden has to do the opposite. And you're seeing that play out in everything. So whatever good happened under Trump, Biden's got to make it bad and he's going to blame Trump. And if you don't like that, he's going to then say you're just a a radical insurrectionist. And that's where we are right now. See see earlier tweet, right? See earlier tweet. If you're a Republican, you're always the away team. I get it, buddy. You're so good to us and for us. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us as always. God bless you, sir. God bless. Until next week, I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. My monologue and Rachel Mitchell, our county attorney, coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.